But jump back up to verse 15. Well, we started at verse 14. You notice it says that God speaks once, God speaks twice, yet man doesn't perceive it. In other words, it's saying God is talking, but you're not paying attention. Hmm. So then, therefore, God has to then talk to the human in a dream, in the vision of the night when deep sleep falls upon him. Now, dreams in themselves are mental images or pictures that are formed while being asleep. And as I brought up the other week, if you pay attention to your dreams sometimes, sometimes dreams seem so real that when you wake up from the dream, you have to sit there and question yourself as to was it a dream or did that just really happen? Has anyone ever had a dream that vivid that you woke up and had to sit there in silence for a minute to try to figure it out? Yep, I just did yes. this week, the other day. Okay. So, so, so the world of dreams is not just something going on in your head. Dreams are more deeper and more spiritual than what, what we understand and what we think. Um, and hopefully by some of the things you'll see through Scripture, you'll, you'll get a deeper meaning of what I mean, that our dreams are way deeper than what we think. Okay, so uh, uh, notice in verse 15, that two things are mentioned, dreams or dreams, and then the word vision. So, for instance, in the book of Acts, it talks about a prophecy that Peter stands up and he says, and he says, in the last days, saith the Lord, I'll pour up my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall dream dreams, and your old man shall see visions. So there's dreams and then there's vision. Both play a significant role in guidance of our lives, but if we don't understand the difference between dreams and then vision, we we again we miss a great gift that God has given to us. Uh, vision is similar to a dream, but a little bit different than the dream, and then vice versa. Um, I won't deal with both sides tonight for the second time and not keeping us till 10, 11 o'clock at night. I know I don't mind it, but <laughs> inshallah, we, we will address each and uh, get it done. So, um, when, Sister Jayhawk, when you think of a dream, what do you think of? Uh, you mean... What is what is a dream to you? What to describe a dream? What does dream mean to you? Uh, for me, it can be. For me, it can be. It can be real, like, like I'm actually there. Um, and sometimes it. With a, a, a dream, a particular dream just just flashed in my head when you were little. When you were little, I was asleep on the couch, and I was in this house. I was in this house and going from room to room. And the house was a house that I didn't have didn't particularly know where the house was or had been in the house. 
but I kept going from room to room and these little pro looking things appeared appeared and and I can't remember exactly how 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 it was said to me but um but they were trying to warn me that that somebody was setting the house on fire or you know something like something like that and when i woke up from the dream you had burned up my my favorite skirt and threw it in the sink <laughs> it was kind of But it was it it was a dream, but it was it was a dream. Right on, right on. It it was a dream, but within that dream was given direct information on an event that was actually going on in reality that you were dead to because you were asleep. Right. But through a dream through a dream you were awakened before the house actually caught fire and burnt down. Right. So you were we were all protected because of a dream. So do you get my point even with that, that dreams are a little bit deeper than just you went to sleep and had a dream. Through dreams, right. spiritual entities or spiritual information can be downloaded to, to the spirit that, 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 because you're dealing with a spiritual world. In dreams, what you're actually dealing with is a spiritual world. But I'll get to that part. All right, just Venus, dreams to you yeah. with a nutshell. For me, um, a dream to me is uh, with information because in my dreams I know that it's always some type of information that's given, um, and I'm always in a unfamiliar territory that is unknown to me in the dream, but yet here on this plane. It could be almost like the same territory, but it's a little bit more deeper. It's almost like unrealistic. Unrealistic if if I look at it through this plane here. Like you said, it's a spiritual thing. And then also, you already touched on what I was going to say in regards to guidance along the path of life. It, it don't necessarily mean your life. It can involve everybody as a whole group of people, right. even people you don't even know, you know. And I right. really honestly, like you said, it is nothing God is trying to say something to you, but you ain't getting it or you may not understand your dream. Because of that, later on, I need to talk to you about something, though. <laughs> Seriously. Right, right, right. <laughs> But um, yeah, to me that's what that's what I get from what a dreams dreams are. Okay, okay. So, Melissa, what would you say in your words, dreams? Me are a lot of things. They their downloads, their premonition. Um, I had a, but I was in a Patrick dream. I was actually like I was living. Reliving or or not reliving, but experiencing someone else is uh, something that somebody else. And I was able. It was like I was there. It was like I was her. She was me, but I wasn't. But I was experiencing it. 
And when I woke up, it was so such the weirdest thing because in the dream, we were looking out the grill and we saw a shadow coming of a person. When I woke up, still wit came with me, and I had to shake my head and be like, am I still dreaming or is this real? So, you know, to me, dreams could be a numerous of things. They could be a warning, a premonition, um, an experience, a memory, uh, a journey, you know, to me. Okay. 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 All right. Then, Maya. I agree with what, what has been said um, pretty much with everyone. Um, I my experience has been that a dream um, has been many things, like Sister Felicia said, um, anywhere from experiences. Um, I have a lot of encounters um, and warnings, uh, information, just really revealing certain things. I. I've had dreams where, um, for instance, um, where that someone I actually saw in the physical where some, maybe an abscess or some kind of impurity that was within a body that was released. And um, that person uh, following that, had uh, a healing. Uh, I had no, I had no knowledge of what was going on other than the dream. Only for it to be revealed later that that person receives a healing. Um, that dream has come about in, in many forms, and uh, you know, uh, more than one time. Um, so. Uh, and you know I, I've talked about traveling, so uh, with that being said, uh, I, I have a lot of encounters. Um, so I think a dream, in the nutshell, are um, experiences um, that may involve um, the subconscious as you are asleep, but yet the conscious as you there's a part of you that. Um, uh, is in the experience and able to remember the experience. Um, also, I think that dreams involve the uh, the senses. Right, Often right. They involve the senses too. So. Right, right. Um, yeah, right. pretty much. Okay. So we all know that the Bible says that without vision. The people perish. Mm-hmm. But when you look up the word vision in Hebrew, it comes back to the same word as dream. That's why I said there's a reason why dreams and visions are mentioned in the uh, they they operate differently, but they're on the same level. So you would call them twins because without a dream, you can't have a vision, and without the vision, you can't have the dream. So mm-hmm. if you don't have a vision. You perish. Another way to interpret the Hebrew word for perish there is 
no, there's no boundary. There's there's no goal. You're just living. So again, we have to have our dreams and pay attention to our dreams because those dreams didn't give us vision. Uh, when it comes to the prophetic, most that actually operate in the prophetic a lot normally see through dreams more than open vision. And so with dreams, there's several ways that one can have dreams. You can have dreams while awake that we call daydreams. Um, there's a difference of the dream that you have when you take a nap versus a dream when you are dead sleep. So dreams are dreams, but there's different levels of dreams and how they come, how they feel, the experience behind them. There are some dreams that you can have that are very vague. There's some dreams that you can have that are very vivid. Um, and I'll come back to this subject that I'm going to say, but this is why there's a difference, and you can see it in the Bible, of one being sleep versus one being in slumber. So it, it would depend on what state of sleep you're in as to what type of dream you would have. If you're at an awake state but your mind has drifted, then you have a daydream. If you are just taking a nap where you're not fully knocked out dead sleep like you would when it's bedtime, but you're in a state of slumber, you go into a different state of mind or a different type of dream and so on and so on and so on. The main thing is paying attention to the dreams to as much detail as we can. And the reason why is we'll go to Genesis chapter 20. Go to Genesis chapter 20. Now, the story we're getting ready to read is the first time in the Bible that the word dream is ever even used. I find that real unique that the first time the dream word is used, the story we'll use tonight to kind of show the importance of dreams. So in Genesis 20, and we'll start at verse 1, and it says, And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and Sojourn and Gaar. Gerar, whatever that is. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream. So how did God come to Abimelech? In a dream. In a dream. In a dream. Now, stop there for a minute. We're going to read through this, but I'm going to point out something. When we normally read, but God came to Abimelech in a dream, we instantly think that God appeared to Abimelech. But as you re read the details that unfold in this dream, you, you will realize that Abimelech doesn't seem to have seen God in the dream, but whatever he dreamt gave him the information that he needed to understand the circumstances that he was about to face. So here's the story. God came to Abimelech in a dream by night. And said unto him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Paul. For some reason, when the church teaches about Abimelech, they seem to make him out to be a pagan king. 
But as you get ready to see from what the Bible says, he was not a pagan king. He was a righteous man. And this is why in his dreams, after he'd been told you're a dead man because you done did something absolutely out your mind, he asked the question, will you destroy a righteous nation? So these people weren't pagans. They were God submitters. Okay? Uh, verse 5. Said he not unto me, referring to Abraham. Now, mind you, this is still in his dream. So in the dream, he says, didn't the man tell me that this woman is his sister? And she even herself said, he is my brother in the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands have I done this. God said unto him in a dream. So it's the same dream he's having. Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch it. So in the dream, God responds back to him and says, yes, I know your heart is right. And that's mm -hmm. why I put it in your heart not to even go near her to have sex with her. But get what you're seeing here. In Mendelitz, is getting all this information about Abraham and his wife, Sarah, who he's pinned off as his sister. So by a dream, God is clearly showing Abimelech the reality of what Abraham hid from him. So, so, so get this. If somebody lies to you about something, God can show you in a dream if we pay attention they 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 are they are outright liars. <laughs> mm -hmm. They are deceiving you. Da, 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 da. And again, it may not necessarily be God Himself standing in front of you, but it could be a dream where let's use Sister Jihad's example. Little little elves walk up to her, say the house is on fire. <laughs> so then she wakes up to this reality that. The house was literally about to be on fire because Rico was in there playing with fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so, so to get the backdrop of as to why Abraham is in this position right now that he, he's, it would appear he's lying, but as you're gonna find out, he's not lying. He lied without lying. Okay. Because this is his wife, but because he's terrified that if people find out that this is his wife, they're going to kill him and then kidnap her. But if they think it's his sister, they ain't going to mess with him. And then as you'll find out, Abraham didn't lie because Sarah was his sister. And But we'll get to that part of the story. Okay, so now I want you to go to your cross. Let's back up and let's get to what led Abraham to this moment. So we're going to go to Sword 19. So in Genesis, if we go back to chapter 12, where the Abraham first comes up, you find out that it starts out in the Bible by saying, and when the Lord had said unto Abraham, leave your father's house, and out of your father's country, and go to the land that I will show you. So this is how the Bible starts it off. We understand that Abraham leaves his father's house, 
He leaves his father's country, heading to a location that God has not given the absolute definition of just, I'll show you as you go. Now, can you imagine packing up everything you got on a whim because God just said go, and I, I, I tell you when you get there. Most people today wouldn't have the faith to just step out and do that, sell the house, sell everything, and just go. Where are you going? I don't know. God said, I'll figure it out as I go. Most people will look at us like we're crazy. We're tripping. You ain't heard from no God. God ain't told you to sell everything and just leave. And you don't even know where you're going. You ain't got no plans, nothing. So just just going to take you and your kids and just go to wherever you end up. You get my point? Mm-hmm. So the Bible doesn't give us the details, though, as to what led up to God speaking to this man to take such an absolute step of faith. So as the Quran always gives us those missing details, that's what I want to look at real quick. So Torah 19, and let's jump down to verse 40, 41. We're going to go down to verse 41. And in verse 41, Allah tells us, uh, and mentioned in the book, the story of Abraham. Indeed, he was a man of truth and a prophet. Says, when he said unto his father, O oh my father, why worshipest thou that which heareth not, nor seest, nor can it all avail you? So apparently, we know from Scripture, and the Bible testifies to this to some degree that Abraham's father was a polytheist. And not only was he a polytheist, but he was the high priest of the town that dealt with the other gods that they were worshiping. To make this story a little bit more interesting, I brought it up before, but I'll drill it again. You've got to remember that Abraham comes from Earth, of Chaldee. What you call Herb Chaldees today is uh, 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 Iran, the Iraq area, Mesopotamia. So if you understand Mesopotamia, then that takes you back to Ur, which where we get Sumer from. Sumer being one of the first civilizations. If you understand the history of Sumer, this is where you get into the, the story of the Watchers and them living amongst, amongst mankind. Mount Hermon. So this is that era. So Abraham was born into an era where where the watchers, which the church calls the fallen angels, which the Quran calls the jinn, uh, uh, they go by many different names, same group of people. But this is the era that Abraham was born into. Abraham was born at the time the Tower of Babel was being constructed. Abraham was born at a time where mankind had lost his mind and went rogue against God and is worshiping everything but God. So that's, if you can picture that in your head, this is the life that Abraham was born into. His daddy's an idol worshiper. The city he lives in, they worship these gin gods. They don't worship the one true God. Kids are being sacrificed. Women are being raped and molested. It is a horrible society. If you could compare 
our society today to the society Abraham was born into, you, you get the picture of what I'm trying to get you to see. So verse 43, Abraham says, Oh, my father, lo, there has come unto me of knowledge that which came not unto you. So follow me, and I will lead you on the right path. Oh, my father, serve not the devil. Lo, the devil is a rebel unto the beneficent. Oh, my father, indeed, I fear that there will, that there will touch you a punishment from the most merciful. Uh, uh, so you would be a comrade to the devil. Now, I'll stop there for a minute. So as I told you, you can imagine Abraham's father, Abraham's society are outright devil worshipers, literally. And Abraham tells his father, knowledge has come to me. Now, the question, and I'm going to show you the answer here in a minute, is how did this knowledge come to Abraham? And it goes back to a point that I said in a previous class before, that if we take into consideration that Abraham was not born into a godly home, Abraham was not born into a sanctified, saved home. He was born into a jacked up, home and a jacked up society so he knew nothing about the one true God. He knew nothing about this religion that God was calling him out of his community to start that was going to change the world. He knew nothing of this. All he knew was the gin gods that we call the devils, human sacrifice, cannibalism, wild sexuality. This is This is what Abraham knew. And if we if, if if we take that and understand that sometimes God can and does choose some of the people that we just wouldn't think that God would ever choose because they don't they don't have the right background, right? Or they didn't they didn't grow up in a religious home, and it's just amazing how God called this person and did this and did that because God can do whatever He wants to do. If we think about our story. You know, yes, some of us had the blessing of being raised in the church. Some of us didn't. <laughs> and if the truth be told, some of us that was raised in church still had our worldly moment where we said the heck with church and we went out and did what we did, but God's grace and his mercy was still upon our lives. And even though we were called and rebelled, he still held the door open for us. Okay, so... Jump over now to Sora 6. So he tells his daddy, I received knowledge that you don't have, and that knowledge told me that what we are doing is wrong. So Sora 6, and we're going to go to uh, verse 70. Verse 74. Verse 74. And it says, remember when Abraham said to his father, Azar, Takest thou idols for God? Lo, I see thee and thy folk in air manifest. Thus did we show Abraham the kingdom of the heavens and the earth, that he might be of those possessing certainty. So in other words, Allah is telling us, 
that after he had this dispute with his father, God doesn't give us the details of how he ended up outside, but he's outside, and apparently he's looking up into the air, and in the flash like a light, God opens the heavens to him and shows him the kingdom of the heavens. So he sees the sky in a way he's never seen the sky before. So if you can imagine, it's just like, I don't know if you ever had a moment where you're either reading your Bible or your Quran or you're looking at something, and it's like it's an aha moment, like God just dropped the information in your spirit right in the air when you saw that picture, when you saw that image, when you saw those words. Did, did anybody understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that would be that moment of inspiration, as I've called it before, when you have a quick aha moment, a thought comes out of nowhere, or a vision or the, or an image or something comes out of nowhere that is accurately 100% right or the information that you needed, whatever the case is, that's what I mean by inspiration. It comes suddenly. It's not something that you have to work up. It ain't something that you got to make happen. It just the knowledge comes to you, and it doesn't come from your from your head per se. It is something that starts in, if you could literally feel it rising up out of your stomach area and then into your heart area, and then it's like you just know. Okay, so verse 76 says, so when the night covered him with darkness, uh, uh, he beheld a star. He said, this is my Lord, but when it set, he said, I love my things that set. And when he saw the moon, Uprising, he he exclaims, "This is my Lord." But when it set, he said, "Useless." Uh, I'm sorry, not useless. Unless my Lord guide me, I surely shall become one of the folk who are astray. And when he saw the sun uprising, he cried, "This is my Lord. This is greater." And when it set, he exclaimed, "Oh my people, lo, I am free from all that you associate with him." I have turned my face toward him who created the heavens and the earth as one by nature upright, and I am not of the idolaters. And as people argue with him, he said, dispute you with me concerning Allah when he has guided me. I fear not at all that that which you set up beside him unless my Lord willeth aught. My Lord included all things in his knowledge. Will you not then remember? So Abraham went by the working of God on his heart from growing up in a polytheistic home to now a man that is is 100% confident in his God to the point that he told them, I am not scared of you nor your idols. And uh, the the odd part is basically him saying, you nor your idols can do nothing to me unless unless God lets you do it. So you bring it. I'll say it that way. Bring it. So go to one more sword here. Go to sword 37. So as you go into sword 37, it is evident then that Abraham, by God's revelation, saw something. He received some information. And that's what he meant in the first scripture we read where he told his father, I received knowledge that you don't have. 
And who gave him that knowledge we just read is it was directly downloaded into his spirit from God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Thor 37. And we're going to start at verse 80, 80, 80, 83. So in verse 83, it says, um, that is our argument. We gave it unto Abraham against his folk. We raise unto degrees of wisdom whom we will. Lo, thy Lord is wise, aware. And we bestowed upon him Isaac and Jacob of of them, each of them, I'm sorry, we guided. And Noah did we guide aforetime. And of his seed we guided David and Solomon and Job and Joseph and Moses and Aaron. Thus, do we reward the good in Zechariah and John and Jesus and Elijah? All of them was of the righteous. And Ishmael and Elisha and Jonah and Lot, each of them did we prefer above our creatures. Now stop for a minute. Now, do you realize that all these names, I'm sorry? Did you say Thor 37? I did, and I'm reading Thor 6 still. My bad, y'all. <laughs> yeah. That's not what 83 says. It says all down and low the party of Abraham. I, I was my bad, my bad. I didn't want to interrupt you while you were reading to say anything, so I was waiting till you finished. I got you. What's that? I was over here feeling it. Just going. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even realize I was reading the wrong scripture. <laughs> hey, it's okay, y'all. I just did a sister Jay Hod. That's all. That's I now, since Jay Hodge, she was on the other foot tonight, so now you get a chance to see how that feel like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> no, All right. Zora yeah. 37, mm-hmm. and we'll start at verse 83. Now, if we go above it, God just got done talking about knowing the flood. So in verse 83, it says, um, and lo, of his persuasion, Barely was Abraham. Because again, God just got done talking about Noah, but for the sake of time, we won't go back that far. 84. When he came unto his Lord with a whole heart, when he said unto his father and his folk, What is this that you worship? It is a falsehood. God besides Allah that you desire. What then is your opinion of the Lord of the world? And he glanced at the stars, then said, lo, I feel sick. Now, this story is going to get interesting. So think of it this way. Abraham went to his daddy, who's the high priest of this cult, along with the other people that were there. Abraham challenges them and says, what is all this nonsense you worship? You dare put partner. 
with the Lord of the world. Then when they couldn't give him a decent answer, he looked up to the stars, kind of he rolled his eyes and said, I feel sick. (laughs) (laughs) You people make me sick. Now, verse 89, I mean, verse 90, and they turned their backs and went away from him. Then he turned to their gods and said, will you not eat? What ails you that you don't speak? Then he attacked them, striking with his right hand. So after the people wouldn't listen to Abraham, they turned around and walked away. So Abraham walked over to these statues of these devils and asked them, what's wrong with you? Are you retarded? You can't talk? You got food sitting here and you won't pick it up and eat it? And then Abraham takes his right hand and starts slapping them in front of all the worshipers. <laughs> So then verse 94, and his people came toward him patiently. Now, remember when he was talking, they didn't want to listen to him. So they mm-hmm. walked away. So he got their attention when he mocked their gods and then physically put hands on them. Right. So <laughs> that's something I would do. Like, oh, I'm not going to listen. Just knock the statue of Baphomet over like, oops, my bad. <laughs> Oh, so about 95, he said, worship ye that which you yourselves carve when Allah has created you and what you make. So to be smart, Alec, let me break it down in modern English. He asked them, are you really worshiping stuff that you carve with your own hands? (laughs) Then he turns around and says, how you going to worship this when Allah created you and the material you created that out of? Right. How, how is that a God? Verse 97, they said, build for him a building and fling him in the red hot fire. In other words, kill him. Tired of hearing this man, he done hit our God, he done mocked our God. Now he, now he downplaying us, light him on fire. And if you read the story that Allah brings this up, Allah says when they put him in the fire, he still wouldn't compromise. And Allah blew the fire out, and they had no choice but to untie him and let him go. And that's what led up to God saying in Genesis, leave your father's house and your father's country. Because in other words, they're about to kill you, so to spare your life, we're just going to move you on somewhere else because this, this is just, it's, it, it ain't going to work. So, verse 98, verse 98, and they designed a snare for him, but we made them the undermost. And he said, lo, I am going unto my Lord who will guide me. This is the part that picks up in Genesis 12 about leave your father's house and your father's country. Verse 100, my Lord, thou safe me unto, thou safe, uh, thou safe me of the righteous. So we gave him glad tidings of a gentle son. And this son that's being referred to right now is Ishmael. And when his son was old enough to walk with him, Abraham said, Oh, my dear son, I have seen in a dream that I must sacrifice you. So look, what thinkest thou? He said, Oh, my father, do what? You are commanded. 
Allah willing, thou shalt find me of the steadfast. Two things I'm going to say. Uh, without without really wasting time and not going off track, I've, I've already shown from the Bible that the son that's to be sacrificed, it can be no other than the 13-year-old brother, Ishmael, because at the point that Isaac is in this story, he's only about two years old. So unless we are willing to admit that Abraham was going to kill his two-year-old son, and not only kill his two-year-old son, but made the two-year-old boy carry the wood on his shoulders all the way up to the top of the mountain where the event was to happen at, and all the other stuff we've studied about Ishmael, you, you get my point without wasting time on that. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay, second thing to bring up. It tells us that Abraham had a dream that he was to do this. So in a dream, he was to take the the, the uh, Ishmael and kill him. Now, had Abraham not obeyed this dream, which was, we know from the Quran and the Bible, was just a test, the events that followed would have never happened. But once again, do you see how God guided the events that happened to fall in place the way they were supposed to by guiding this man in a dream. He didn't have a deep vision of fire coming out the sky. He didn't hear a loud boom and God showed up in light. He had a dream and then woke his son up. And I can only imagine as a son how that will feel for your daddy to wake you up and be like, hey, hey, you want me? <laughs> I, had, I had the weirdest dream that I was supposed to kill you. Like, what? Who has dreams like that? But notice Ishmael's response, because he asked Ishmael, what, what do you think? That dream I'm supposed to kill you. What do you think? Ishmael said, do what you was commanded to do. Allah willing. So if you, if you get the bigger picture, they both trust the Lord of the world. So Ishmael's viewpoint is, if this is what God told you to do, I can't explain how he's going to work it out, but I'm good. So again, okay, I'm going to use Sister J-Hop for an example again. I brought this story up before, so I won't go into the deep details, but if you all remember, about the time I told y'all mom came home all happy, coming out, guess what? Like what? I just quit my job. Like, okay. <laughs> but she did it because she felt guided to do so. And felt that everything was going to be all right. Remind, remind me again, Sister J. Hobb, was it that night or, or, or uh, some time after that you had the dream? It, it was that night. Okay, so then that night he had a dream about coming out the house and somebody that stole all the tires or was trying to steal the tires. And, no. and the person... My car, huh? my, my car was sitting... Upside down on some brick, and they they took the tires off. Sitting upside down on bricks with the tires gone. Okay, and they told you who did it? Shahari. Okay, so mom wakes up, and because that Shahari and the event played out, and it rang in her spirit so heavily, she went and looked up the word. Never heard the word before, but went and looked it up. And what did the word mean? God will deliver. God will deliver. And how 
how soon after you had obeyed and quit did you get the other job? It was less than a week. Less okay. than a week, I had I had I had a, a a new job paying more than I was uh, being paid at the job that I quit. Plus the job that I quit, the uh, the Lord made him give me uh, a full two weeks pay and a, and an apology. <laughs> amen, amen. So here's the point. Hey. Had God not given her spiritual information that I will deliver, she wouldn't have had the confidence to have the faith she had during the week that she didn't have a job. But because God spoke to her in a dream and said, I will deliver, and she looked up the word and had that moment of synchronicity where two dots connected, that gave her a boost of faith to know that God had it all under control. So, again, do you see how... It wasn't, a, it wasn't a deep vision. It wasn't a prophet coming and saying, thus saith the Lord. It was a simple dream that God gave just a simple person information to. So, when I say simple, y'all understand what I mean. I don't mean no offense by it, but you all get what I'm saying. It, it wasn't somebody in the pulpit preaching, someone that has the title apostle, prophet, is it? It was just a normal person that loved the Lord. And God was able to communicate with this person's heart and give them divine information that I got there. Just sit back and chill. I got there. So that white man, huh? That white that white man in my dream said, uh, "Don't worry. He's been doing that to a lot of people. It's Shahari <laughs> is his name. He's been doing that to a lot of people." Okay. <laughs> so so. So again, that that that's that hard for us again. She didn't see God in the dream. She saw a white man. So the pictures in her mind played out one thing, but the, it was the message behind the pictures that she had to pay attention to to connect the dots that God was talking. So this is what I mean: pay attention to our dreams. It's not always going to be a burning bush experience. It could be the simplest dream. And if you miss that dream, you miss a lot of details that spirit was trying to relate to it. Okay, so um, um, let's now go back to Genesis 20. Genesis 20. Okay, so we stopped at verse 6 of the Bimelech having his dream. God told him you're a dead man because you've done something you shouldn't have done. And the Bimelech starts to cry out to God and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to destroy a righteous man and a righteous nation? And on top of that, I went by what these people told me, so I'm innocent of this. Now, keep in mind, all this is being said and done in a dream. Verse 7. Genesis 20. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. He just read the same thing in the Quran. And he shall pray for thee, and you shall live. And if you restore her not, know that you shall surely die, you and all that are yours. 
Therefore, Abimelech rose early in the morning. So that now proves that the events we just read was done while he was asleep. He had a dream that God, or however it came, whether it was a white man or a, a being silly, but you get my point. We, we don't mm-hmm. have the details of how this dream came to him, but we know that the dream was from God. We don't know the details of what images he saw. We don't we don't know all that. We just know that somebody in his dream told him, you a dead man. Just like if Laura saw a white man say, oh, he's been doing this to a lot of people. He's been yanking people's tires and flipping cars upside down. So, yeah, you a dead man. What am I dead for? Because you took another man's wife. So he rose up early in the morning and he called all his servants and told all things in their ears. And the men were so afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, What have you done unto us? And what have I done to offend you that you would have brought on my kingdom such a great sin? You have done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. And the Bibelet said unto Abraham, What did you see that would cause you to do such a thing? So you got to remember, God told him in the dream that Abraham was a prophet. So now he knows that the man that let his wife go with him is a prophet. So he's asking the prophet, What did you see about me that will cause you to bring me such harm? Verse 11, and Abraham said, because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place. So Abraham now admitted to Abimelech why he did it. And he said, because I didn't think you guys served God. I thought that was heathen. <laughs> Talk about judging book by its color, right? <laughs> <laughs> God is not God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. And yet, indeed, she is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. So this is why I said he lied, but he didn't lie. All right, come to pass when God calls me to wander from my father's house, that I said unto her, This is thy kindness which thou shalt show unto me, at every place where we shall come, say of me, he is my brother. Pause for a second. Jump back up to the top of 13, where Abraham tells Abimelech, and it came to pass when God calls me to leave my father's house. Now, we rewind through these details, and we realize that Abraham left his father's house based upon visions that he got from God about knowledge that he didn't have previously, but God gave it to him through vision. So through the vision, God guided him, and now he's in a position where God guided him to leave his father's house and to leave the father's country because the people were going to try to kill him. So now he's out just wondering just waiting for God to tell him what to do. So he ends up in this place, but he told his wife, apparently, from what the Bible says, um, if, if we get approached by anybody, just, just tell them you're my sister. The point I'm making is, if we just look at it, Abraham, where he's at, be, 
God has guided him to. It, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good, but he is right at the right spot at the right moment and dead smack in the center of God's will. Make sense what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it, it don't feel good and it don't look good. Sometimes that is the best time to just be still and just listen to what God's telling you because you might actually be at the right place at the right time, and you just don't know it yet because you need vision. Once you get the vision, you can see the jacked up situation for what it is, but you see something else that nobody else can see. Because once you get vision, you become like a bulldog that won't let go because you know what God has shown you the end result going to be. So no matter how bad it looks, no matter what anybody else is saying to you, you know the dream that you had, and the vision is in front of you, and nothing is going to stop you until that thing comes to pass. Mm-hmm. I was sharing with somebody the other day. They were asking me questions about my childhood. And uh, they asked me, and they said, what, what's the earliest thing you can remember you wanted to be when you was a child? So I kind of chuckled, and I said, a preacher. And so they laughed, and they said, wow, so your earliest memory is wanting to be a preacher, and now today you're actually living what you saw as a child. Yep. And then I always get hit with that grand question, you know, was your mom a preacher? No. Your dad? No. Your grandpa? No. Well, somebody had to be a preacher to inspire you to be a preacher. No five-, six-, seven-year-old boy just decides one day I'm going to be a preacher. I, I I I can't say that's not true. It's been a vision in my heart since I was little. I I, I tell people all the time. I remember. I don't remember how old I was. It had to be no more than six years old. I can say that much. Maybe even younger than that. But I remember me and mom walking down the street here in Cincinnati, and mom probably don't even remember this. And and I told her I said, you know what? I'm going to Africa one day. And I'm going here one day, and I'm going there, and I'm going to change the world. And, of course, you know how moms are. Okay, baby, yeah, we're going to change the world. But I was serious. <laughs> you know how some kids grow up, and they say, when I grow up, I'm going to be an astronaut. And then they grow up, and it's like, you know, we don't know what happened. It's not, I'm being funny. <laughs> But you all get what I'm saying. Kids say some of the wildest things they want to be when they grow up. And then it, life changes. But when, have you ever met that one child that has a vision? And they've been talking about this one thing they were going to be since they was little. And they actually had a vision. And that vision, now that they're adults, is reality today. Without vision, you have no boundaries. You get the vision, you make that vision manifest. The mm-hmm. vision may not come to pass overnight. It may not come to pass next year. But if you hold on to your dream and keep the vision in front of you, I'll break these two words down more on, 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 on later, but 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 you, you've got to keep the dream and you've got to keep that vision in front of you and just go by the guidance that God gives you no matter what anybody says or no matter how bad it looks. If God said it, he is going to complete it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the way the Bible says it. The one who started the work in you shall be faithful to finish the work. We just have to walk with him. Okay, so verse 13. Again, and it came to pass when God called me to wander from my father's house, but I said unto her, this is my kindness which you shall show unto me at every place where we come, say, he is my he is my brother. And Abimelech took sheep, oxen, men servants, women servants, and gave them unto Abraham and restored him Sarah, his wife. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleaseth you. Okay. If you just miss this, this is this is now Abraham's entry into what we today call Palestine, the Promised mm-hmm. Land. He came from Ur, which we call Iraq, Iran today. Went to a location that he didn't know nobody. So, so you get what I'm saying? I don't know nobody. I ain't got no cousins here. I ain't got no aunts, no uncles. But God's telling me this is the land. First of all, how am I even going to get into the land? And I don't even know nobody. But by this one stop and this event that's set up to open up the door needed, to come, this is why I say that if you pay attention to your life, one event led to the next event, which triggered the next event, which triggered the next event, which triggered the next event to get us all to where we are at this very moment. Mm-hmm. Even in our choices, it, 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 you know that we 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 quote that scripture. God worked. I, I haven't forgot how to quote it now. <laughs> how how it go? Uh, oh, there it is. All things work together for our good. Or yeah, y'all know what I'm trying to say. I don't forgot how to quote that one now. Um, uh, but y'all know which one I'm talking about. How God mm-hmm. works all things together for our good. So even in the midst of our bad choices. I'm gonna let the testimony that my bad choices God has completely taken and flipped it and worked it out for my good. Mm-hmm. Some of the some of the dumbest choices I've made where you think back on it and like, God dang it, I wish I could have went back and did something different today than what mm-hmm. I did when I did it. But at the same time, I made it. It was a bump in the road, but I made it. So uh, verse 16 says, And unto Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to you a covering of the eyes unto all that are with you. And with all others, thus she was reproved. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech his wife, and his maidservant, and they bear children. So when we look at the story, how was Abimelech guided? In a dream. How was Abraham guided? In vision. And as we see the rest of it uh, in the next class, uh, Abraham continues to have dreams and visions. Matter of fact, if you really be honest about it, if you think about it, just about all of Abraham's life, as far as when he entered prophethood, 
Oh, let me say it a different way. In your Bible, when you read about most encounters that Abraham has with God, God normally guided Abraham through dreams. God spoke to Abraham very detailed in dreams, where to go, who to meet, where to be standing at, in dreams. Dreams, dreams. How did Joseph end up where he was in life? In dreams. Mm-hmm. Okay? So so we can keep going down the list of how dreams have altered and shaped nations. If you remember the story of Daniel, how did Daniel become the prominent story that we hear about today because the king had a dream that nobody else knew how to interpret. But God gave Daniel the information that night and told Daniel what to tell that king without the king even telling Daniel what the dream was. That's the deep part that nobody ever seems to talk about is that Daniel was able to interpret the king's dream and Daniel didn't even know what the dream was because the king refused to tell him. But God told Daniel through spiritual information what the dream was, and he was able to go back to the king and say, oh, king, this is what God showed me. You had a dream about X, Y, Z, and now not only do I know what you dream, but now I'm going to tell you what the dream means. Okay. So, 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 Sister Samaya, this is just not a, it's not a trick question. I just want to know what you think. If you had a dream that you were sitting down and – uh, 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 some grass on a white sheet reading the book and the black snake crawled up on the sheet with you, what would you interpret that dream to mean? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I can only let my imagination go because um, I, I, I would say that I'm sitting there in my state of purity, just, you know, that white sheet just sitting there in peace, and here comes, uh, what do I want to call it? (laughs) (laughs) You know, here, here it comes to disturb my peace and to do whatever it does, whether it is to try to tempt me, intimidate me, uh, influence me or whatever. Okay, okay. Jaha, if if you had that dream, how would you interpret that dream? Some type of danger is headed my way, an enemy is headed my way, or some type of danger. Okay, so well, so, so, so Maya said she would interpret it as something coming to disturb her peace and purity. Did I say that correct, Tina? Yeah, um, I just think I just think of when I think of that white sitting on that white sheet. I think of you know sitting in just maybe the light of God, just it just you know, and at peace with that, right? And right, to have right. something of that that kind to come into my presence surely has a purpose. <laughs> Okay, 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 but you, but your instant thought would be that thing, it, as you call it, it. What would I <laughs> Because it could be well, so many things. You know, it could, it could be you. a physical being. It could be uh, just, uh, it could be something of, 
a, a spiritual nature in that, you know, uh, that is, has come to put a ripple in my pond. Okay, okay. Uh, Sister Laura, you say dangerous company. Stranger danger. Stranger <laughs> danger. Okay. Sister Venus, how would you interpret that if you had that journey? I was thinking of a lot of things, and I know this is going to sound really crazy for y'all, but in some senses, it can be the total opposite of that. It could be that I'm sitting there in peace for the white sheet, like Tina said, but it could be something else that is coming at me in life or whatever, and that snake could represent protection to protect me from another snake that is actually the real danger that's coming. But because of that snake is there, the other snake is afraid to attack me. You know, so I look at it from that standpoint, too. But I don't know. I don't... I don't too much like rap rap style. I'm not a big fan of the rap family. <laughs> Got you. But I do know that some snakes are harmless and that can be beneficial versus other snakes can be harmless to you and don't mean any benefit. So I guess I'm looking at it from both ends of the stick. Okay, okay. Uh, Felicia, how would you interpret that dream if you woke up from having such a dream? You know what? I was multitasking, and I did not catch what the dream was about. Can you give me just a brief description of the dream? You're sitting on a white sheet. In the pasture of grass, reading the book, and a black snake slithers up to you on the on on your white sheet, and you wake up from that dream. How would you interpret that? Oh, I would have to go look up the symbolism for black snake because for me, um, you know, I've had dreams of different color snakes before, so I would have to. First, start researching because um, I wouldn't know how to take it. I first would automatically assume it was probably some danger coming, but that's not always the case because I agree with what um, was just said, that sometimes the enemy can come and tell you something, and it may look like he's coming to tell you that, uh, you know, to hurt you, but really, he wants you to hurt yourself because you're going to believe he's out to hurt you. It, it can be all just disembobligated. So I would have to look up and do some research before I could even um, even speculate. And then after I research, ask God to confirm if this research is correct and what does this mean and what snake part. Because all reptilians are not, you know, when we, like, there's the geckos, they're harmless, you know. So... What's this black snake? I think a black snake, which one of them black snakes are not poisonous. So, you know, I don't know. It's just, 
I would have right. to do more researching because that would leave me puzzled. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, what's a black okay. snake? I mean, is it, is it a cobra? Because, I, I mean, unless it's a cobra black, because I think cobras are black. Most but I think garden snakes. You said what? Garden snake snakes. Garden snakes are harmless. Yeah, that's what I said. Garden snakes are harmless and they're black. So are they there to help, you know, with the ground? What what's really going on here? What's your purpose and intent is always my question. So I got you. So now I ask that question because again, people eat what say. And 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 when it comes down to it, uh every one of us has the ability to interpret dreams. And I mean in a flash. We all have that ability and it's just a matter of learning how to do it. So here's a couple of things I'm gonna bring up that we may have thought about, didn't say or just didn't think about. So if somebody was to have to if someone was to have described that dream to me and says, you know, what do you think, brother? What is what does that mean? My first question to them is going to be how did you feel? Yes, how did you feel? When you were in the dream. Now, this goes back to something Sister Samaya brought up. Your senses play a big role in your dream state. Because if the person tells me, I felt at peace, I didn't feel like the state was going to harm me. I felt like it was there to like, try to communicate or, you know, I, I can't explain it, but I just, I didn't feel threatened. So my first thought would be, okay, the white sheet stands for purity. God wants to purify you. The book you were reading means God wants to give you some knowledge. The black snake is coming because snakes, after so long, shed skin, which means a change is about to come. Now, that's just, I'm just giving an example. You're getting ready to shed oh, you coming to a new you because that's why God's trying to give you knowledge try to purify that area of your life. Very simple. Uh, uh, but it would all be based on what the person told me they felt in the dream. So your senses play a big part. So when you wake up from a dream, even if it seemed like a bad dream to you, you have to sit back and analyze that dream before you just write it off as bad. Because again, what might seem bad is not bad at all. Could have just been a warning and because it was so vivid, you woke up and mistook the warning as a nightmare and then, then brushed it off and didn't pay attention to it where it could have been you're being warned about a car accident, you're being warned about something about one of the kids, you're being warned about something. But, again, just because I had a bad dream, that's what I thought. So I had a bad dream. I rebuked that. I rebuked that and not realize that you didn't have a bad dream. You had a very vivid experience that wasn't pleasant, but it was a warning, not a bad dream. Mm -hmm. So you got to have to, and, and, but somebody would say, well, how would I know the difference? Because at the moment you were in that dream, you will sense what's going on in that moment. You will sense the person talking to you in the words as a warning more than it is them acting crazy or chasing you. So you can have a dream about a person chasing you down the street with a knife, screaming, stop, stop, don't go that way. 
And of course, in the dream, that's scary. The woman, crazy woman with wild snakes coming out of her head, chasing me down the street with a knife, talking about stop, stop, don't go that way. But if I analyzed it, it could have been I have this dream because I'm being told stop, don't go that way. But it would all depend on how I felt in the moment of that dream. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 I don't know if you all ever had dreams about uh, a, a, a person talking to you, but in your heart, you realize that the person talking to you is actually another person. They just look different, but it's the other person that you know in your heart that this is. Like if you have a dream about a deceased loved one, they're talking to you, and in the dream, you feel in your heart that this is Grandpa, but Grandpa don't look the same way that you remember Grandpa looking, but you know it's Grandpa. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. if you've had a dream, or if you had a dream that a loved one comes to tell you they're leaving, but in your heart is not the person you're dreaming about that's leaving, but you feel that it's somebody else and you wake up, and we blow it off because we say, well, it wasn't John that was in the dream. It was Susie, but I feel like it was John that said, you need to pay attention to that. So, yes, in your dream state, you have senses. You you will sense things. Just like with the human body, we experience the physical world and interpret what's going on around us by our senses. It's the same way in the dream world. You, you you have to interpret things by its senses. So, again, the black snake, even though we instantly think evil and bad, because most of us don't like snakes, but didn't necessarily mean that snake in your dream came to harm you. Mm-hmm. Snake could have been trying to protect, like, like one of y'all said, trying to protect you or or whatever the case might be. So, so we'll get deeper into the, to the, to the sensation of dreams in the next class. Um, but but this this all rides you back to uh, your revelatory senses. Revelatory senses, meaning getting spiritual information through dreams and visions where you are walking in a way where you're basically one step above things, but your enemy doesn't understand how you understand things before they actually happen. You had no no privy knowledge to it, nothing. But again, God can direct us through dreams and through visions to show us what's about to happen, how it's going to happen. And again, it's not going to always be A, B, C, D, E, F, G details. That revelation may come through a totally different scenario in the dream, but it is the meaning behind what you dreamt that means the most. So we have to pay attention. So I do ask people this sometimes, and I'm going to ask this collectively, but I don't want you to answer. I just want you to think about it. How many of us keep a dream journal? Meaning that you have an expectation to hear God talk to you in your dreams and your visions. And the reason I say journal it is because you know as well as I know that most times when we wake up in the morning, we instantly remember the crazy dream we had. But once we get up and we start the day, the details of that dream that were so fresh when we first woke up start to fade away. 
then we have to sit and think about it like, what happened again? Tina smashed a sandwich in my face for no reason, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't remember why she threw the Band-Aids on me, but I'm being silly, but y'all get what I'm saying, but had I journaled that, the moment I woke up and the memory was fresh, I, I would I would remember. Um, the other day, I was going through my journal, my dream journal, and it was like a moment of synchronicity for me because I stumbled upon, you know, I was flipping pages trying to get to a blank page because I needed to write something down real quick that, that came to my spirit. And it was like the pages flipped open to a particular entry I had made back in January. And I just seemed drawn to it, so I went back and I read it. They were at 10, 2 a.m. And I began to read what happened in the dream. And what I was, what I wrote down on January the 10th, I had the words uh, Israel, Palestine, Turkey, uh, a great fire, conflict, Temple Mount. I had wrote all this stuff down. So basically it all came back to me that I dreamt what's going on right now back in January, but again, because it was a dream that didn't pertain to anything of my immediate life, I wrote it down, but I, I thought no more about it. I thought no more about this dream. Israel, Palestine, Turkey. Uh, I wrote about the tanks that I saw rolling around. I, I wrote about a war. Uh, I, work, I wrote something down about uh, uh, a week or two of, of peace, or not peace, but they would stop fighting, and then Israel would do something, and it would spark up conflict again. So all this was written down, and I'm reading through it, and I had my hand over my mouth, because it was that moment that I scared myself, and, <laughs> and I went and prayed about it, because it was like, again, God showed me something, but because it was not pertaining to me at that moment or anything that I thought was of importance, I, I left it alone and never never questioned it again up until uh, the other day when I went and got my journal and saw that I had wrote this entry down, and I completely forgot about the entry because normally for me, I'll wake up, write the entry down, and then go back to sleep. Sometimes I go back to sleep. Sometimes I stay up. Most times I won't lie. You write the entry down and then right back to sleep. But um, you'll be you'll be amazed. The point is, you'll be amazed if you start writing down your dreams and visions, and then go back and read through some of them later on down the month. You'll be surprised how many entries you actually write down that you'll have to think back and be like, "Wow, this actually did happen." Didn't happen exactly how I did it in the dream, but it happened. Mm -hmm. So please do understand in our closing tonight, God does talk to you in dreams and in visions. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be an apostle. You don't have to even be anybody in ministry. It is the universal gift that God has given all humans, the connection to him through our dreams, and in our vision. And if we can take our dreams to a deeper level and understand not just dreaming about things at night, 
but keeping those dreams, turning them into visions to keep it before us through the day and let God guide us through our inner vision. And not go by what I always see and what I always think I know, but be guided truly because I'm looking more into the spirit than I am into the physical world. And you'll start seeing how the spirit will guide you and give you information about stuff that you just don't know how you know. And you'll start doing things that is just totally out of your nature, out of your power, because you're being guided. And sometimes, I'll say this, sometimes being guided can seem or even look crazy to outsiders of yourself. Right. Now, this is not me. This is not me saying now go off and do crazy stuff like you know. God told me to do it. God told me to run out in front of the the I seventy five and dodge cars and play frogs. No, God ain't told you to do nothing like that. <laughs> but at the same time, we we we've got to be willing and bold to step out on faith. When we know that we know that that we know that God has given us guidance or direct information about how something's going to work out in a dream or in a vision, and we didn't have to trust it. Okay, right. so we'll finish. We'll finish this next class. And uh, questions, comments. Amen, Sister Samaya. Uh, mm-hmm. I just saw your text. I just saw your text before we. Uh, we started class, so inshallah, okay. we'll, we'll we'll take care of care of it, and mashallah, thank Allah for you, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we'll go from there. Um, next next Sunday, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, um, I am going to we are going to have a, a, a open forum. There's a couple people who want to. To hear some a, a particular subject and ask some questions on the thing, go, what's going on with the the, the state of, of Israel right now? So I told them next Sunday I'll I'll open the forum for them to join us, and I'll deal with that subject for them, and uh, let them ask their 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 questions, and inshallah we'll see how it goes. Sister Jayhad, if it turns into a where you feel like they're debating, just leave it. Let leave it be. You got it. Don't, 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 don't karate chop nobody. Don't karate chop nobody. No. Huh? <laughs> what, what you talking about? I, I said um, next, not this Sunday coming up, but the following Sunday, we we will more than likely have some guests with us that want to kind of propose some questions, which I oh. opened the forum. To let them do that, and I'm saying if it turns or feels like it's turning into them getting into a hot debate, I said don't don't turn into jihad. Just just let it be. Just let it be. Okay. But what I'm being silly. Uh, the the goal is to point people's guidance, and um, you know that's one of the things that Allah has said with. We are questioned about something. We are obligated to give an answer. And this is why I stress the importance of study so that we know that we know why we believe what we believe. Because when we are questioned, I have to give you an answer. Mm -hmm. Or say, I don't know. 
And it's mm-hmm. just why I lie saying is if somebody asks you a question and you don't know the answer, don't just ramble. Don't just ramble and, and say stuff and, um, uh, you know, that that's how that goes. So, uh, but anyway, I'll keep y'all posted on that. And uh, anybody got anything for good of the order? Uh, I have a question. Go for it. Uh, I, I sent a, a miscellaneous text today. And I, no one responded. I was just curious if anybody saw it. I tried to open it I, earlier because I saw it when I put the um, when I was dealing with Van, and um, for whatever reason it went open up. But I, it, I don't think it had anything to do with the link. I think the phone was trying to do an update or something. And but I mm-hmm. plan on still watching it because I was curious what you uploaded. <laughs> oh, okay. I yeah, have not, um. um Today or yesterday? Because I didn't Mm. get anything. I got something yesterday. Yes, I got a YouTube. Or I think, yeah, I think it's YouTube yesterday, but I haven't had a chance to read it. I've been working late out of my house, and so I had. Okay. Yeah, but that's I didn't get anything um, from you today. Okay. All right. Okay, well, then it sounds like everybody got it. But it was just something that I randomly came across, and it was about, it was a news clip of some kind where that they were talking about um, how the agenda uh, or how easy it was for children to get uh, sex changes uh, to the point where that, um boys were being castrated and I mean no kind of counseling it took a matter of just a few months in order to transition uh, sex wise so they're I don't know if they're doing it because of the money or because of the agenda or just what but it's kind of crazy kind of scary (laughs) yeah probably a little bit of both going on here Mm-hmm. When they, I told y'all, even with this COVID stuff or this vaccination, so that they they paying people a million dollars. They said yesterday that they now telling inmates that if they get it, they'll reduce reduce uh they uh oh they they cry not reduce the crime but reduce the time the they, they got to spend in jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sentences reduce mm-hmm. the sentences and wow. that amount. So that lets me know that this vaccination is a little bit deeper than a shot to protect yeah. us from the flu. Mm-hmm. We all pass people on. Oh, then the United Airlines has one, too, that if you upload your vaccination record, they'll, they'll, they'll give you, yeah, one year, year for a year. First class fight, flight. Ain't that crazy? Something like you ought to know something ain't right. You know it ain't right. You willing to do all that for a vaccine? You ain't never did that for no vaccine. How many different sicknesses have we went through and been through through centuries and centuries? Right on, right on. So, yeah, I also I'm gonna look at it, but I, I. 
it, it, it's a, like you said, it's a scary place that we are here. I just told somebody that earlier today. Mm-hmm. We live in a very weird and scary world right now, and it's amazing me. I'm still amazed that the news is actually outright reporting pyramids floating in the sky. And it doesn't seem to be bothering everybody. Everybody's just living life like, hey, none of this going on. Like, um, what reality are y'all living in? We got pyramids just in the sky. And it's being reported on live television and stuff. And, and it's like, oh, Facebook, look what I'm about to eat. And they're like, what, what's it going to take for people to wake up? Mm-hmm. I, I read, I read, I read something in the in, in, a, in the thing the other day, and it said it, it was basically talking about where America is headed right now. And it mm-hmm. said, imagine, imagine a huge cruise ship headed right towards an iceberg. And once that cruise, they said, once a cruise ship sees an iceberg in its sight, no matter how hard. The captain turns the wheel. It's too late. It's going to be an impact. And this is where the, they were saying America's at at this point, that we are at a point now where we are way past the moment to be able to turn away from this iceberg we're about to crash into. And even if, we, even if we try to turn the wheel at this point, brace for impact because it's, it's, it's about to get wild. So, so Tina, Tina, I got one question. Are we talking about grown grown men? Well, no, you said kids. You said kids. Are these kids well, being forced forced to do this? No, no, but they okay. So let's say, uh, as a I don't know, uh, as a youth, I think that I should be of the opposite sex. Well, then that's brought to the attention of the parent, and then it's brought to the, the attention of the medical folks. And uh, they're given that opportunity, and that clip shows personal uh, interviews with people that that has happened to, and they're young enough to realize that it happened too quick. And now it it has been done to them, you know, it kind of makes them wonder how could it happen in such a way where that, you know, you're not counseled, uh, you're not given time to kind of work your way through the situation of am I really like this or do I really want to be like that? You know what I'm saying? It, it, right. it just happens so fast that, and once it's done, it's not reversible, and they're right. too young to right. make that decision. So these are individuals who are actually in the clip who are questioning, you know, why is this able to happen to them? Right, right. Right. No. All we can do is pray, pray for the state of the nation right now. It, it ain't looking good right now. But at the same time, it's a good sign that Jesus is really about to do this, and, and that is our hope. That that is our main hope. Once Jesus takes over, all this nonsense will go away. So anyhow, all right, everyone, get some rest. I'm gonna go do my prayer, Sister Jayhan. I am going to re- I reach out to you in the morning, and everybody else, I love y'all. Peace be upon everybody, and good night. I love you, too. Inshallah. Good night. 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 Good night.